Hello and welcome to the Henrietta Christian Fellowship Podcast. The notes for the sermons featured here can be found at our website, henriettacf.org. Also, on Android or iOS mobile devices, you can find them on the Uversion app. Just click on search for live events and enter our zip code, 14543. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. One could go 18, but it won't. Okay, we're going to do three, and then today's our, our last day on, on overcoming for a little while. But um, <clears throat> try to get my voice in range here so you can actually hear me. I always wondered what it would be like to preach a whole sermon sounding like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, but so last week we you know we started this this second piece on overcoming, and I just want to kind of take a moment to kind of slowly zoom. I don't know how to do that exactly, but through some of the things we covered last week, which is first of all that you know when it comes to overcoming, lest we get into sort of this John Wayne Clint Eastwood kind of mode of feeling like. You know, it's all on me, and I just got to be the tough guy and everything. You know, the source of the strength to overcome um, is Jesus, right? You know, because you know, overcoming is about facing up to things that are beyond us. Okay, uh, you know, I mean, we just do stuff. I mean, you know, I don't have to be an overcomer to shovel my driveway right now. You know, I mean, it's like I can go out there and just do it. Just do it. You know, it's not over. You know, but. You know, when, when I go out there and I got a half an hour to get the driveway cleared and I try to start the snowblower and it doesn't start, okay, now, now I might be in kind of more overcoming mode because now I'm, I got something I can't do. I'm not able, you know. And so I get out there and I start praying as I shovel and then, you know, and, and one of the neighbors, you know, sees me on the shovel and wonder why I'm doing that, comes over with this snowblower and helps me, you know. But you understand that over the, the, the strength to overcome comes from outside of us. Okay? God's provision, you know, is what we're looking to here. That's why we call it overcoming, you know? Jesus says, I've overcome this world, okay? And, and so, John 16, 33, I was looking for it in Matthew 16, 33, which I found out doesn't exist. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, you think you got it memorized, right? Anyways, these things I've spoken to you, he, he was talking about going to the cross. Most of the Gospel of John takes place in view of the cross. These things are spoken to you that you, that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. So the one that I'm praying to is not in the same trouble I'm in. That's helpful to know. I remember being in some situations where, you know, we had a need, <laughs> every friend that I had, everybody that I knew was in the same need. And it was like, I, you know, you couldn't go to them and say, hey, look, I, I mean, other than to say, let's pray together, but I mean, but as far as asking them to do anything to help you, you couldn't do anything. You know, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't help. And so you had to go to somebody outside of that. You know, somebody doesn't have the same need. Jesus said, look, you know, I'm saying this to you so that you can have peace. Whatever comes, you know, whatever, the, you know, trouble, you know, you, you know, is existing, this tribulation that he's talking about, you know, to understand something, you know, I, you know, I'm in your life, I dwell in you, and I've overcome this. I, I, you know, this, this world does not overcome me. I overcome, overcame it, all right? And so, First John 4, 4, you are from God, little children, okay? Do you know that this morning? Do you know that you're from God? You know, I remember um, uh, Dave Wilkerson uh, was asked to go and pray for somebody who was uh, in very, very bad circumstances uh, health-wise. And um, anyways, and when he came to the door, 
the, the man's son, a little boy, probably six or seven years old, came to answer the door. He looked at him and he says, are you the man from God? You know, they, they told him the man of God was coming. And he said, are you the man from God? Okay. And he said, you know, that was a very challenging question for me. You know, do I know that I am from God? That I've been sent into this situation, you know, with something from God to deliver? You know, and so, you know, the word encourages us, says, you are from God, little children. You have overcome them. You've overcome the, 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 the circumstances of this world because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. That there's, you know, that there's no circumstances you're going to come up against that God didn't foreknow. There's no circumstance you're going to come up against that God isn't greater than, and he's in you. You know, when you, if you, you know, if you want Jesus in you, and you don't have him yet, I'm just going to encourage you, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. Father, I thank you that you sent your son. Just pray with me. If you've never prayed this before and you want Jesus in you, alive in you, I ask you to forgive me for the sins that I have committed. And uh, Lord, I, I believe that your son died for those sins so they could be forgiven. And I ask you, come into my life. Live in me. And show me how. And give me the strength to live my life for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer at any time in your life, the scripture is speaking to you. It says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, because he's in you. You know, you, receive, you ask God to, to, to put his son in your heart. You know, he has put his Holy Spirit in you so that you can say that this is true. All right? 1 John 4, uh, 5, 4, and 5. Whatever is born of God, you've got to be you now, okay, overcomes the world. And this is the victory, the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, that circumstance that you're coming in is so tempting to get all wrapped up in the circumstance. But what the Word's telling us here is to, to do is this. It's to, it's, it, when I hit that circumstance that's beyond me, I focus on my faith in Jesus Christ because, see, the one who's going to overcome this situation isn't the person who figures it all out. <coughs> Sorry. It's the person whose faith is in Jesus Christ. You know, if your faith is in Christ, you know, you're an overcomer. All right? You can overcome this. All right? And, you know, I want you to understand that there's kind of two sides to this overcoming thing. One is that in this life, you'll overcome a great deal more than, than people who don't have their faith in Christ. But even if I die, even if I die, I'm an overcomer because, you know, I'm going down to, to, to great reward. I'm going into his presence. You know, I can't lose in this formula. No. All right? I can suffer. I can go through difficulty. I can be confused or anything else. But if I put my faith and trust in him, I'm one of the people who overcome the world. No. All right? You know, I'd, I'd like to tell you that, that it always works out in Disney-esque fashion, and we all, you know, have these happy endings. Sometimes we hit some really difficult endings to things. But just so you know, that isn't the end. If your faith is in Jesus Christ, it's not the end. Okay? In essence, there is no end. <laughs> you're, you're stepping into eternity. You stepped into eternal life when you, when you received his life in you. And then this, the scripture over in uh, Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him, meaning the wicked one, 
the Antichrist, okay, they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. They did not love their life even when faced with death. And so these two, two ways that I respond to this word. First is that I have, a, in my life, I have a loving response to Christ who shed his blood for me. You know, why do I do what I do? You know, you can come up with a lot of reasons. You know, a lot of times we do what we do because it makes us feel good. You know, I get that. You know, why do I go to McDonald's? It's not good for me. All right, but, but, you know, but I mean, that filet of fish just hits the right spot, and it's like, you know, French fries. I know I'm just eating death here, but I mean, but it's like, you know, I do it because it feels good. You know, I mean, it's, it was comfort food when I was growing up, you know. If you're a good boy, you got food, you know. So there's foods that tell me I'm a good boy. You know, so I like those foods. But, but when, what about when you get to the place where the stuff of this world is not enough of a reason to do anything in particular? You know, I said, Todd, there's a lot of reasons to forgive. Yeah, I forgive because I'm big enough. Hey, you know, pff, no big deal, you know. I, I forgive people because, yeah, I've done the same thing. Yeah, you know, whatever, come on, you know. But what about when you've never done that and you are big enough? I do it because of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus forgave my sins, you know, and I understand. I, I'm here to show his love to you, and I forgive you. I don't know anybody around here who's sinned against me lately, but, uh, you know, if that's for you, God bless you. But there's a loving response to Christ who shed his blood for me, that, you know, that that's why I do what I do. You know, people say, well, you know, it's, kind of, it's just not worth doing this anymore. And I say, well, there's things that you do because of what they did, and then they're in control. Because you did what you did because of what they did. They were mean, so I decided to be mean back because they were mean, so that's why I was mean. And so I was mean because they were, wait a minute, they're running my life. If they're nice, I'm nice. If they're mean, I'm mean. Wait a minute, who's in charge here? Okay, but what about that point where I start to understand that in Christ I have authority? All right, I have authority. I can be the person that God wants me to be. And should you just break out, I am a promise, I am a possibility, you know? But I mean, but it's like, you know, but yeah, I mean, I have authority to be a person that I really understand God wants me to be. So I can be loving even when it doesn't make sense to be loving. I can be kind when it doesn't make sense to be kind. I, be, I can be forgiving when there's no reason to forgive in this world. All right? I can be strong when I'm weak. We sang about it this morning. You know, I can be rich when I'm poor. You know, I mean... Because I have this authority in Christ to be so. To be somebody that I know I'm being this person because that's who God wants me to be. And as I pray and seek him, he empowers me to be this person who is a loving response to what Jesus did for me on that cross. And when I see him, you know, I have confidence towards that day. Okay, cause I, cause, because I'm living my life that way. There's a loving response to what he did. So that's because of the blood of the Lamb. What about the word of your testimony? You know, what does your life say? You know, God told me to study old people. I've talked about this before. But, you know, one of the things that I had to study with old people was funerals, you know. Because you study old people for a while, and you start losing some of the people you were studying, and you go to their funerals, and you listen to people sum up their life. And they tell you, either truthfully or as a lie, what that person's life meant. And I always tell people, please, and I'll tell the whole church this, at my funeral, please, nobody get up and say you love life. 
Okay? Because <laughs> invariably, when somebody was like an alcoholic and just lived their life for themselves, that's what they say at the funeral. Oh, I love life, you know? And I, I said, please don't say that at my funeral, okay? I hope, I, I hope you never need to say that at my funeral. I'll do my best, okay? But living your life is an expression of this testimony, this witness. Did God give you a message? You know, he, he probably did. You may not have thought about it this way, but is there this impact? I mean, I mean let's talk about the good stuff here for a minute, okay? Is there something that typically people experience from you? You know, think about that just for a minute. You know, I mean, are you a, a person who's comforting? Are you a person who's helpful? Are you a person, you know, there's pr probably this message in you, all right? What is your life saying, all right? I, I, the one I was reflecting on before, I'll mention it again. I had a couple of people refer to me as the human sedative. And what it was is I would visit people in the hospital. It was one of my big responsibilities at, uh, you know, at Bethel. And, um, and I would come in and people would be going through stuff and the medicine wasn't working. I'd come in, sit down with them. They'd reach out, grab my hand, and calm down. What is your life saying? You know, who are you? You know, this, we did this whole thing on, on the body of Christ and on, on who are we and the gifts that we have. So who are you? You know, to, to understand that overcoming is somehow connected to this idea of understanding who you are and being that person in every circumstance. Now, please understand, this world and the wicked one, right, the devil if you prefer, right, um, are in opposition to this. They don't want you to. Okay, this world is, have you noticed that? You know, if I go down to the mall this afternoon and say, give me a soapbox, and let me tell these people a thing or two, all right, I'm going to get resistance, like, all day long, probably in uniform at first, okay? And uh, they're going to cart me out of that place. Why? Because, oh, we don't want you to disturb people with that message. All right? And so this world, is, it, it pushes back against that. You know, the way of your testimony do you understand that there are people that are going to come to Christ if you finally get past the barriers and tell people the message that God put in you that you were supposed to share? There's people that are going to come to Christ. And this world is just in opposition to that. All right? The wicked one is in opposition to this. All right? So, so this is a matter of overcoming, and you overcome as you just decide, you know something? I am going to be who I'm supposed to be. I'm going to, I'm going to let my life be this witness, this testimony. And um, I don't want you to get obnoxious for the crying out loud, but I mean, but you get, there's a lot of room between here and obnoxious, isn't there? <laughs> okay, because sometimes we can be like really shy and kind of like, oh, you know, you know. But don't be that way, you know. I mean, it's just you know, get past that. Now maybe you're a one-on-one -on -one person, and you're beating yourself up because you're not a crowd person. But just you know, crowd people sometimes beat up on themselves because they aren't very good in the one-on-one. -on -one. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not the person who's going to go out there and get the soapbox at the, at, at, the, at the mall, okay? Robin, right, okay. You know, I mean, Robin is just an example of somebody where, I mean, she could be somewhere you wouldn't even know she was there, okay? She's so quiet, right? But you get into a one-on-one -on -one with her, oh, my word. All of a sudden, the power of God starts working, and you're like, whoa, all right? So some people are one-on-one -on -one people. It's Okay. You know, you know, just because here's the problem. I'm, in this case, I'm the problem. Okay, which is that you know we go to churches and the guy up front talks to crowds. So therefore, if I was really okay with God, I would talk to crowds. Please understand something. That's not true. It's it's a it's a misconception. 
You may well be the person who's more like the Philip along the, 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 out in the desert there with the Ethiopian eunuch that just one-on-one. -on -one. How about that? Influenced the whole nation. So overcoming faith needs forward-looking faith. It needs, it, needs, uh, this, this, it needs prayer, okay? It needs us to, to get where we don't just focus on the moment. We're in the moment, we're available in the moment, we can be faithful to God in the moment, but we're also looking forward to what God is doing. We are also praying and, and seeking God's help and praying as we should. So what are the things you need to overcome? Right? I don't know. So he goes, we're, we're talking here about, you know, big, dramatic things, but what are the things right now that you have to overcome? That was a real question. Sometimes you ask pretend ones and they don't know the difference. So, but no, that was a real question. What are some of the things like, you know, that, like right now, you know, what are the, some of the things that you have to overcome? See, Nate's always willing. Say again. French fries. French, yeah, we love French fries. Yeah, this is something which must be overcome. I was, I was having a discussion with God about this this morning. Okay, we just came through Thanksgiving, which is the time where we excuse ourselves for eating anything we want to eat. All right, and then I went right out and got some French fries. Man, I'm telling you, you know, just I got out on the roll here, and uh, yeah, I mean. And quite frankly, the level of sugar, you know, is something I got to overcome. And it might not sound terribly spiritual, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's something I got to overcome. Well, you know what? I mean, along with the dramatic and the, and the, the you know, apocalyptic, you know, side of all of this, I mean, please understand, God gave you a practice range. You know, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be good at, like, shooting or anything like that, you know, they, they, yeah, please go and practice. We just had a birthday party at a place where people go practice sports, you know, because they want to be good at them. Well, God's going to give you things to practice on, like, sure. You know, I mean, you know, who knows what it's going to be by the time I get out of here, but I mean, I, you know, so, so I'm coming. Yeah, what else? What are some things that you just, you know, I, you know, I need to overcome this. Yes, sir. Selfishness. Now, wow, gee, none of the rest of us have that problem. <laughs> All of us have this problem. Exactly. I mean, really, if you get down to it, I mean, the, the seed of every sin starts off with me, self-centeredness. You know, I, when I was raising my kids, you know, and, and they get into one of these tirades where I knew that the world, you know, I, I just go, you go, <laughs> this is you and this is the world revolving around you. You know, it's like, you know, but yeah, I mean, because selfishness can lead us into all kinds of crazy trouble. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. 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 Yes, it is. Yeah. Your fear of the unknown, fear of what's ahead, you know. And frankly, with that, all, every other fear that, that can be thrown at us, fear of failure, fear of, you know, being, being on my own, fear of disaster, fear of calamity, fear of, yeah. And it's, isn't that something? You know, you, you let the door open a crack, and all, <laughs> this whole truckload of stuff gets poured in your lap, doesn't it? Yeah. What, what, what are some, uh, I, I'm going back here for skipping, then we'll come back up front, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Right. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes overcoming has to do with being able to stand in a situation that isn't changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I saw hands out of the corners of my eyes here. Yeah. Overcoming, one of the neat things about overcoming is that in some situations, not every one of them, once you get to the other side of it, there is a reward. You know, I mean, uh, you know, peace, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes I know no peace because of what I haven't overcome, overcome the thing, and then all of a sudden God's peace flows in. I'm like, wow, that was good. Yeah, what else? Um, let's see, it was up here, and then, yeah. Just distraction? Just, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Martha was distracted with all the serving, and Mary was Yeah. And sometimes even good and, 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 and best. Yeah, I mean, where it's like good things get in the way of the best things. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Well, another one of those ones I'm telling you, man, none of the rest of us have that problem. No, yeah, patience, that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sherry. Oh, yeah. I went through a really significant time in my life with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Others? Yeah. Self-control. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yo, yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? You know, those, those moments where... <coughs> Yeah, after the French fries, that's right, that's right, back to the French fries, that's right, yeah, yeah, so, but you know, you think about this, you know, there's times with, a, with you know, when you're working with a young person, and, um, and there's something in their life, they have the ability to deal with it, but they just don't, right, and the temptation is to deal with it for them, you know, to always do it for them, but there comes a point, if you're wise, you back, and God does this with us, okay, he backs off, he, he, there's a situation where self-control, and there's the ability that I have from God to be able to deal with this, you know, and so God, you know, I can pray all day long, God, take care of this, and God's thinking, I already gave you what you need to take care of this, take care of this, because that's, that's growth for us, you know, patience, same thing, you know, I mean, and yeah, self-control is huge, isn't it, and man, don't we get in trouble when we miss that one, right, <laughs> I stepped on the scale this morning after Thanksgiving and found out the lack of self-control cost me nine pounds, <laughs> okay, so yeah, 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 so anyways, yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Tell me something. I mean, I, 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 yeah. Go for it. Oh yeah. 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 Well, it's a lot of times focusing on the problem instead of the solution, you know, or focusing on a problem that really isn't a problem that God has put us in a place to do anything about, you know. So it's like sometimes I have to pray and let it go. You know, and that's, boy, isn't that hard? You know, especially when you, you know, you, hey, how about when you have the resources to do something about it and you realize, out of self-control discussion here, 
it wouldn't be good for me to do that. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so the proper focus on, you know, God, what are you trying to do, even, okay? Yeah. Priorities, Priorities yeah. Yeah. There's a wonderful little tract, and it's called The Tyranny of the Urgent. And one of the things it talks about is how that there are things that are important, and there are things that are urgent. Oftentimes, the things that are urgent aren't important. Oftentimes, the things that are important aren't urgent. Okay, and, you know, so like, you know, knowing what to, you know, what to go for. Yeah. What else? It's been a good discussion. I hardly even had to preach, you know. It's a good thing, yeah. So, go ahead. My son brought home this massive German shepherd. Yeah. Ooh, going to be a big dog. And sometimes when you've got the grandkids and they're going through turmoils and there's a large dog in the house, I become a woman of reaction mm-hmm. instead of a woman of action. Yeah. And that, that bothers me. I don't want to be a woman of, that reacts because of the turmoil. I want to be a carrier of the solution to the yeah. Being a woman of action, not blow up. You know? Yeah. So that's yeah. There, there was a, a wonderful uh, story that was told to me a long time ago about a guy who did bus ministry. Other than that, you know, not not much of a talker or much of a, but he, he he did the bus ministry for the church, and they were picking up kids that were just bazoo, you know, just like you know. And anyways, and this guy, he just be. He was just driving the bus, you know, and, and I thought to myself, you know, you might look at that and say, you know, he's not very smart, he's not very whatever, but you know something, he has a very admirable quality to be able to, you know, be who he's supposed to be at the time. His job is to get these kids from wherever it is to wherever they need to go, which is church, and then get them home again safe so they'll come again next week. Do you think I could use that? Yeah, you know. And again, action. If he decided to react to everything those kids are doing on the bus, I mean, that'd be his last week. Yeah, yeah. I have a sister-in-law who, who was a bus driver, and now she, now she assigns people bus duties and everything like that. And every time she tells her stories, they go, ah, you know. It's a tough job. It's a tough job, you know. And uh, I think they wait until we're kind of like been, been through the mill a little bit, and then they, they put, put people in charge of it that have kind of gotten past this idea i got to react to everything, you know. Can, can you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Critical spirit, overcoming a critical spirit. Wow. That's, that's, that's something all by itself. You know, like, you know, in those, there's those words for judgment in, in, in the New Testament, the, the original words, krina, which means to condemn, anacrina, which is this one here, which means to investigate. What's wrong with that guy? Why does he act like that? You know, and Paul said about this particular type of judging, he says, I care so little for that. I don't even do that to myself. He says, you know what? The Lord is my judge. He says, he says the Lord has the place to actually condemn me if he chooses. He says, and I, and I, I commit that, that judgment, that, that figuring out what's wrong with me to the Lord. Let the Lord find out what's wrong with me and show me. You know, but if you're going to make that claim like the Apostle Paul did, you need to be on your knees and letting God do it because we can become real brats. All right, we can be real brats in this world. You know, 
let's have a little private discussion about Christianity here for a minute, okay? <laughs> Some Christians, we get into this idea that somehow or another, well, I'm so free and everything like that because Jesus died for me, you know, kind of get into this thing where they can't ever be challenged for anything they're doing. You know, because, you know, and, 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 you know, they become some of the worst people. And I always say when I'm teaching personal evangelism, your greatest enemy in personal evangelism is not the devil. It's the last Christian they met. Okay. You know, I mean, has anybody here ever had somebody say, oh, I don't want to listen to your message because the devil told me something? No. Okay. What's the number one reason people are uninterested in the gospel is, is well, I knew this one person, they were a Christian, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I mean, so this whole thing about just letting God in to do the work, and then, you know, it's not, see, because we're afraid of the work. God wants to come in and show us some stuff. And we're like, you know, I had some bad experiences with that growing up, you know. And I just walked away feeling bad about myself. But see, God wants to come in to do the work because he wants to empower you to overcome. All right? See, because those things you thought you'd never get over, God says you're wrong. You are of God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're overcomers. Right? These, you can overcome these things. Don't, don't, don't tell God about what you can't do, because he knows that. Okay? He'll empower you so that you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Overcoming complacency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just this whole thing. Wake up! <laughs> it's the, you know, there's 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 a whole world going on around us, you know, and uh, you know, and frankly, we become complacent about ourselves, we become complacent about the things that are going on around us, you know, and it doesn't take much for us to start realizing, wow, there's stuff going on that probably, yeah, I guess I'm supposed to be part of the solution, and so sometimes that feeling, I don't know what to do, overcoming that, you know, this this just, I don't know, what do I do? I see the problem, but what do I do about it? You know, people ask me about the, the, the immigrants from Syria. And I said, you know, <laughs> I said, I've got all kinds of things that apply to that. But I said, I, I haven't yet come up with exactly the, what should we do? I know this. I said, you put me where they are. I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to love them in Jesus' name. I mean, I know that. I mean, um, you know, but it's like, I, don't, I mean, you know, and it's just, somebody's just you know, overcoming in that area, and that's, you know, pressing through and just saying, God, you know, there's stuff that has to be done. There's, there's truth that needs to be spoken into situations that could go very badly here, you know, and, and I, I don't want to be stuck in this place where I just don't know what to do and I don't do anything. I'm just complacent, you know, because that's, that's how we cure our bad feelings is we just take on complacency. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you spared me from preaching. That was good. <laughs> you just read the notes. <laughs> Oh, good. This is going to be a very interesting 10-minute video summary of me. Well, but, you know, hey, let's trust God. Maybe I'll hear my voice back by this evening, and, and we'll be all right. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast brought to you every week by Henrietta Christian Fellowship located at 1085 Middle Road in Rush, New York. If you have a prayer request or a need, we want you to know that we're here for you. Please send us an email at henriettacf at gmail.com. That's henriettacf at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening and God bless.